Welcome to Big Feelings, the podcast where two prematurely crotchety weirdos in exile talk about parenting and other weird, gross, and interesting things. <laughs> Happy New Year. I'm Lorraine. Happy New Year. I'm Ginger. New Year. Nice to see you. It's 2019. Same shit, different year. Um, oh, we've been sick in our house for a very, very long time. You guys are always sick. I feel you like are it's, the sickest. I remember when Lexi was three, we went to the doctor because we had been sick for like three months. Fever, gross, just sick. And the doctor was like, he was like, welcome to having multiple children in which you will remain sick for at least five, six months. It mutates yeah. in your house and it's impossible. I think you told me that. Yes. Yes. Because it's happening again. Now with number yeah. three, we're doing the exact same thing. So we have been sick since like the day after Thanksgiving. It's been terrible, but can I tell you, the worst thing about being sick, the fucking worst thing, oh my God, it makes me seriously want to cry, is listening to your husband <laughs> tell you how sick he is. No one has ever been that sick. No in one. history of viruses. And he's going to die. Going to die. Like yeah. any moment, yeah. I have to check his eyes. I have to check his throat. I've got to check his fever. He's do you have constantly- your own lab with a microscope and you can do slides? Hold and- on, honey. Let me put this sample. I'm going to get with you in, in just a moment. Take a number. You need one of those, uh, like the metal door, like it's a, for the urine sample. Just put the sample in there. That's a great idea. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so enabling. I just... It's frustrating because, you know, when you don't feel good, when I don't feel good, I have to not only attend to the other kids and the food and running the house and this tiny little, huge little baby who just keeps crying about how sick he is and, oh my gosh. Meanwhile, no one gives a fuck when mom's sick. (laughs) Uh, I've told people my children would step over my dead, bleeding body and they'd probably kick me and be like, I need some chocolate milk. (laughs) Mom, get up. No one gives a fuck when mom is sick. I think my husband's kind of like, sorry. And then he has to go to work. He's just like, well, I'm sorry. You feel so horrible. My favorite sick though was, and it's the sickest I've been in a really long time. It was a couple of years ago. I went and did a training for the organization and, I got no sleep that weekend and it was really weird. And I was in close quarters with a bunch of weird ladies and I came home from that and I was so sick. And then the glorious thing was that the next day the kids both had school and I was able to fully sick Mm. and it was so, it felt so luxurious and glorious. Like I totally sat on the couch and I drank Theraflu. I took care of myself Mm -hmm. And I watched Olive Kittredge, the entire miniseries from beginning to end. Highly recommend it. Olive's my spirit animal. She's like who I, (laughs) she's aspirational for me. Um, And I still think about that, about how how great that was to just, instead of trying to drug myself and tell everyone around me that I'm fine Mm. and just get through it. Because that's what I was telling your husband, he was like, what, you guys don't get sick. And I'm like, we just, we never, we don't acknowledge it. Yeah. And I think because of that, now my children don't, they get sniffles and stuff, but Mm -hmm. we just don't acknowledge it. And if they don't have a Mm -hmm. fever and they're not Mm -hmm. contagious, I send them to school and we all just (laughs) get on with our lives. It's like, yeah. Yeah. See, I think that that's what 
husbands don't, well, significant others, I'm sure that it happens in multiple kinds of relationships. There's always the bigger baby. But with my husband, it seems as though he can't relax. He can't get into that state yeah. of of just admitting that he's sick. If see you have a pled that I feel like there is a certain pleasure you can find oh, in just yeah. shutting your body down. Mm-hmm. And when you're able to, which doesn't happen very often when you have little people, yeah, to just shut your body down and just get in your little cocoon underneath yes. your covers and just you don't think about anything. You're not sure if you're asleep. You're not yeah. sure if you're awake. You can you can't even read and you don't care. Yeah, that's what it is. There's no desire to want to do anything. Yeah. And that's kind of enjoyable. Oh, yeah. You know, that's an enjoyable feeling of just, I don't have to pay attention to anything no. right now. Well, it's a level of decadence that you can't grant yourself mm. in, at any other time when you have a family. Yeah. That's and true. usually, again, not even when you're sick, but to luxuriate and just truly do nothing and give yourself permission to not fold that laundry and not do those dishes. Right. And, and then that you take the expectation off of yourself too. Yeah. Where you, where you know that other people aren't expecting you to yeah. get up. Even when they say, Oh, I'm so sorry. You're sick. you still feel guilty that yeah. you're not up like doing things. I mean, that being said, if I cancel a day of work, all my clients know that if I cancel on them, oh yeah, I am about to die. Yeah, <laughs> that it is something that no medication can touch. Mm-hmm. And my my husband, yeah, he doesn't. He has to be. I don't. I can't remember the last time he actually stayed home from work because he was sick. We wash our hands a lot. Yeah, I think it's amazing. We we take How our often probiotics. Do you guys get sick I mean, for you it's, when it's pretty rare. I mean, yeah, I right. knock on wood, but it would fuck up the recording. Yeah, I mean, and that's why I was just telling Josh, like, when you have a baby C-section, there's all this stuff about how, like, oh, oh their right. immune system's not going to be as good because they didn't get all the wonderful things in your vagina as they exited. Oh, yeah. And oh, so I, I always thought, that. oh, my God, Harold's going to be so sickly and na 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 And, again, salt over the shoulder. Yeah, yeah my kids are pretty good. Clem started pulling this, like I have a tummy ache, which is interesting because it's always when she's playing Roblox and we need to go do something like <laughs> judo or whatever. All of a sudden she has a tummy ache. And sometimes I allow her that. I think they also might have tummy aches because they don't fucking eat food. Yeah. Um, that'll make <laughs> no. you, your tummy hurt. Uh-huh. We're very fortunate. And we know a few other families too. where They're just sick all the fucking time. Yeah. And I remember you telling me that there's something about the family of four that allows... Mm-hmm. That that's enough people mm-hmm. that the virus can then mutate and continue to just circulate yeah. through. You guys need to start washing your hands. <laughs> we never wash our hands, like ever. You know, ever. You don't use silverware. You don't use toilet paper. <laughs> Finger looking mm-hmm. good. Never wash we your hands. off the floor. <laughs> you don't use yeah. dishes. We lick, lick things to clean. We cl- lick the You counters. cut chicken on your kitchen floor. <laughs> and then eat. Yeah, and then just cook it yeah. up. No, it's having kids in three different schools. Yeah. And I think that since baby Jay is that he's three years old, which is the same age that Lexi was when we rotated a six month sickness. So mm. I feel like once we get through this, we're going to be invincible. Like I, there's not going to be no stopping us. See, that's what I don't this. get is the people that are sick all the time should have like immune systems of steel. Lorraine, you're just, you're going to be sick from 80 to 90. Uh, but but then I'll be on pulls. so many pills. I won't care. We've talked about how that's my plan for like 80 on is just to be high on pills. And I'm going to be wearing bright orange lipstick 
and it's going to be all over my teeth or my dentures. <laughs> they covered in weird fake fur and high as fuck. That's my plan from my retirement. I'm going to be a fun grandma. before 80. Ugh. I, I don't know. It's weird, too, because they say your immune system lives in your gut. You got to take care of your gut flora. Yeah, and true. we've talked about how I, we eat nothing but garbage. I don't know. I think it's just it's just luck of the draw. I think it is luck of the draw. I Maybe you need a fecal it. transplant. What's that? <laughs> is that a real thing? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I tell what? you about that. <laughs> oh, my, oh my God. God. Wait. You Wait. Oh. It's okay, exactly wait. what it sounds like. No. Jesus. That's not a thing. It's like. It's um, not a thing. It's not. What's that Miranda July movie where it's me and you and everyone we know where the little kids like, that's what he thinks sex is, is I poop into your butt and you poop into my butt (laughs) forever and ever. Remember that movie? (laughs) That's kind of what a fecal transplant is like. They take poop poo out of the digestive tract of a healthy person and they put it into the, into a not healthy person. And apparently it does stuff. I mean, you're not eating it. just picture i just picture like a log being put by somebody <laughs> else's like tush. a play-doh fun factory <laughs> yes. it's star-shaped look <laughs> spaghetti strands <laughs> oh. oh that's oh my god that kind of it's kind of like god people are so weird also too People are not doing these fecal transplants themselves. Like, this is not a DIY thing. People aren't getting other people's poo-poo on Etsy. Like, lest you think. I know you're going there. That is exactly what I'm thinking. I know. I know you. (laughs) No. uh, That's – no. No. Doctors do it. God, we always just go right but to you the know poop. There, you know there is the somebody out there. There's somebody out there who's like, I'm not going to spend all that money. I know. My insurance will cover that. I've got an ice cream honey, spoon. Honey, honey, come on over here. I need something. I you guess. know that that exists. You God. Oh, I've got a Sunday spoon with a real long handle. <laughs> it'll it'll be fine. I'll just do that. It's disgusting. Yes. So now we've talked about poop. Check, 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 <laughs> check, and check. Um, we talk about. We don't have mm. any fruit flies except for you know Ginger and I have exciting matching outfits that we're going to wear to podcast. Oh, so green. we're we're cosplaying. Do you know that's like the best. <laughs> I have not gotten a gift like that in so long. Oh, I could tell your husband too. Oh. To just hide his arousal. <laughs> When it was presented to him, I know. Not only is it is it an offending, awesome, colorful explosion of like kitties eating pizza and rainbow cowboy rainbow riding vomit, yeah. dinosaurs, but um, but it's huge and it's just luxuriously like comfy, cozy. I mean, that's I pretty generous. So- it's a little sausagey. Uh, I figured if it would fit over my butt, it would fit over your teats. <laughs> like I feel like those are our measurements probably match up yeah, in that I, arena. I would so. agree. Oh, they're shrinking. Did you? Yep. Oh my god, the dog stepped on my boob. I was trying to stretch out my back last night. I was laying on the floor, and you know he's a he's fifty pounds mm-hmm. and he's got little pointy feet. And I was trying to stretch out, and he jumped on me and then launched off <gasps> of my left titty right on the nip and I 
it was an, it was pain I haven't experienced in quite a while. I can oh. only imagine it's like what getting kicked in the balls is like for a dude to have a dog mm-hmm. launch themselves off of your breasticle. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. I just laid on the floor screaming for a minute. So that happened. But yeah, we, do, we don't have any fruit flies because <sighs> we haven't put out a podcast in like months. I'm sorry, everybody. Do you have some, do you have some prints in the New Year's revolutions? <laughs> My New Year's resolution, I just thought about it this morning, is not to look at my phone at nighttime. Oh, good. Which has gotten to be terrible. I get in there and I'm huddled oh, around no. it and I'm looking at the bright light and. Yeah. It's you so know, bad for you. I know. It's horrible. You should just, um, the only time you should look at your phone is when I text you or when you're on the toilet. <laughs> Instead of that, I think that I'm going to get out the old paper books books. and just like I just finished reading that one book. And I was so proud of myself. So it was like a huge accomplishment. Bitch, I read three UFO books last month. (laughs) (laughs) But good for you. (laughs) You fucker. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I could give you assignments. I'd like to talk about that for the next Could 15 minutes about how I've read a book. <laughs> I want to just go through all the emotions. And I know you, you've read three of them in the last like minute, but I would, I just want to talk about this one that I read for three weeks. <laughs> Great. Can we talk about your book club for two hours now? Uh, uh, so anyway, but yes, read a, read a book. Yeah. It's hard. That's a whole process to do, you know, when you're Take having Facebook to like off your phone, being super slow about reading sentences that have thought behind them. Have you not been reading at all? <laughs> I'm not shaming you, but like I have to read to get to sleep. Like I have to really? read. It might only be a paragraph. Maybe you're rubbing I, off on me. I cannot like for seriously sh- becoming the same person. Oh, yes, we're melding we into one. We got matching outfits. <laughs> I'm reading sentences. Oh, but no, I can't transition. I can't shut my brain off, so I have to go somewhere else. Yeah. What other New Year's revolutions? Mm, my revolution. I've already failed at mine. What? I was going to try to become a back sleeper. <laughs> I really wanted to work on sleeping on my back, but... Yeah, I lasted like three days with that. Why? What's so great about sleeping on your back? It's supposed to be better for you. And I just, it was kind of like, I can't do it. So I wanted to see if I could like make myself do it, but I can't. I just Is wanna... it better for your back? I think it's supposed to be better for your back. Hmm. And the sad truth is, is that my back is so fucked up. Just laying on my back is actually incredibly unpleasant for me. <laughs> really? So hashtag old. <laughs> I think, and if I lay on my back on my floor, apparently a dog's going to crush my titty. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, if uh, I lay on my back in oh, my house. you were on the floor? Oh, Lorraine. Well, yeah. You know, you Where have two kids. To, You're never not, supposed to lay on the floor. Not to sleep. But yeah, I mean, I'm trying to stretch up my back. I'm doing you some yoga. You just don't do that. That is an invitation for your children to come and jump on your Use breasticles. Your belly for and a trampoline. for dudes, it's definitely the time when your children like <laughs> nail you in the balls. <laughs> We have, ne- it's seriously an invitation. It's like when dogs greet each other and yeah. then they do that bow thing yeah. to let you know, oh, I want to play. Yeah. It's like people's version of that is laying on the floor and waiting for your children to like, pew, 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 Jesus, bash you. But oh. I'll lay on the floor and I'll be like, 
uh, is that, does that communicate like fun's about to start? Absolutely. Especially that word. Groans of lumbar pain. Oh my uh, gosh. And the sounds of cracking. Oh, the fun's about to start. Mom's lumbar is cracking. <laughs> Fuck. Quick, come on, bring the dog. Oh, <laughs> That's why we need to go to the lady spa so we can just lay on the floor. I was just thinking about that yesterday. Oh right God. when I was coming up with that revolution about <laughs> about no phones at nighttime, I was like, God, I gotta get to the spa with I haven't the rain. Been to, yeah, I haven't been to the spa since right after I had Harold. I would say that that's about how long it's been for me too. Fuck. Too long. I know. We got so much dead skin off of Damn. all over us. We need a tiny Ooh. woman in workout clothes to just scrub it all off. It's really funny. The people who I'm friends with, I feel like once I find out that they can't go to the lady spa because they don't like being naked. Oh God. I'm not, I'm not friends with them for very long after that. I know. <laughs> I, I can't help it. I yell at people. I, I feel like those people. So I am not small. And these people that say this are always like people who I think have perfect bodies. Yeah. They are tiny. Yes, tiny. They are cute. Mm-hmm. And maybe part of me really wants to see them. <laughs> I was just see what's say, going on. Like, man. Like, Come on. <laughs> Let's see what you got under there. But yeah, I'm like, look, if I can do it and and I have parts of my body that touch themselves when I'm in a standing position, <laughs> then what the fuck, lady? I think it's such a glorious thing. It it resets oh, your mind I love it so much. You're reminded what a woman's body is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. There's nipples over here, there's nipples over there, there's C-section scars, there's mastectomy scars. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's mm-hmm. so good for your brain and your body. I agree. Oh, the Korean day spa. Oh. So good. Because they, they bring you in. They, they Yeah, they lay you down and then they scrub you and you like see all of, of meat, your All the epithelials. Skin. It's Gattaca. Just coming like, off. I've oh. thought too, I'm like, oh, I could go. Maybe I could go murder someone now because I'm not <laughs> going to leave any. any I'd wear a hairnet and yeah, like I don't have any fingerprints and I'm like, no dead skin <laughs> is going to come off. And um, that's like the time I had extensions and I was like, oh my God, if I committed a crime right now. Would they go looking for some Indian teenager <laughs> whose hair this actually is? Whoa, I never thought about that. Mm, How long were your extensions? Time. I got like, you know, kind of like nipple length. Wow. Because like, I got them for my, yeah, I got them for my wedding. I wanted to check it out. I wanted to see what was up. Oh, cool. And I had like a, a mullet at the time and uh-huh. somebody was like, well, you might not want that mullet in all your wedding photos. And I was like, <laughs> oh, Cause I, I was, I liked my mullet, but yeah. So then I just got a weave. Wow. It was fun. That's sweet. Sweet weave. I can't picture you with a mullet. I don't know what, what that would look like. I mean, it wasn't like a Bosworth, like (laughs) shaved. It was like a fashion mullet. (laughs) It wasn't the Bos. I want to see you with that. Oh, that would look so great. Did you get anything good for Christmas? Oh, I've got a clock. Look at that quiet clock. It's super quiet. <laughs> Not so a bird cool. to be heard. Uh, I don't know. I don't really like getting presents. Except for me. Except for you. <laughs> I don't know. For my family, I just like, I like it when they make me things. And I like family gifts, like things that can be used for the house and stuff. I feel really awkward opening up things that are like... Um, Sex toys. Yeah, that's always a little strange. 
<laughs> Look what Santa brought me. Um, Why does that bunny rabbit make that noise, Mama? All right. We so, talked yeah. about poop and we got weirdly sexual. Check mm-hmm. and check. What did you get for Christmas? I was actually just checking my email and my husband got me a 23andMe kit. So oh, I'm super no. excited. Lorraine, don't. No. Don't do it. Oh, my oh, God. No. Why? Because the government's going to clone me. <laughs> I've been just reading so many of these stories that are just talking about people doing 23andMe mm. and finding out all the scandalous stuff about their... Right? Don't you want to know? Oh. <laughs> Maybe I'm a quarter murderer. The giddiness in your voice. It is, that was a present meant for you. <laughs> yeah. Also, no, I mean, seriously, though, I, I have no idea what my ethnic background is. So I'm... I'm excited to okay. find out. People love to guess. Yeah. People love to try to tell me what my ethnic... I'm just like, oh, I'm mystery meat. <laughs> so I'm like, sure. Mystery meat. Sure, I'm Russian. Sure, I'm Asian. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I can be whatever you want. I'm your private dancer. I sent it in. It's processing. They're processing my saliva right now. No way. Yeah. I had to sit and spit for a while. They like they need a lot of spit. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow, but this what, is cool. What, what were okay. you talking about? Well, so what I, I'm just reading Should stories about people back? doing 23 and me and they discover that their dad is not their dad or their mom, you know, had an affair and it caused big family turmoil and they, you know, everything falls apart mm. or I like the ones where someone, uh, she's just talking to someone that's saying that they didn't know they were a sperm donor baby. Oh. And then you have like thousands of siblings. Like oh. thousands of half siblings, yeah. No more secrets. It's so uh, you know. Yeah. How do how do you feel about that? Mm. I feel like that that's not a place where you. I almost feel like you don't have a right to to go and contact people that are your sibling. If you are a sperm donor baby, but if you didn't know, okay. So then you find out, but then then you want to go and contact all of these people. I don't know. I don't know I how I feel right about too. that. I believe. And everything being out in the open, I think it's really weird when you hear these stories of people uh, who don't tell their children that maybe that they had a previous marriage or that they were adopted. Like, oh, what the fuck? I yeah, feel like it's weird. it's it's our parents' generation that seem to really be into, just don't tell them. Just don't yeah. tell them. And it's like, you know what? Everything comes out in the wash. Do you want your kid to find out after you die somehow that they were lied to their entire life? If well, you, if that's you how your, I am with my family. I feel all like your cards are on I the did, table. I don't know that I would want to do that to other people. You know, I don't know that. Mm, I like would, you're saying that they might not know, but if they're in the database, okay, they're oh, in there too. Well, no, if yeah, no, it's database. not like you get a pap smear and then you're on twenty three and me. Like you have to volunteer the information. Oh, no, I'm talking about when you find out you're a sperm donor baby. Mm. And then people who want to go and try to find, you know what I mean? Like you want to try to find people that you're related to that may not want to be found. Why wouldn't they want to be found? Oh. Because what if one of them's rich, Ginger? (laughs) (laughs) I see. And that's that's why they don't want to be found. And that's why you shouldn't. I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, okay. Do you fear human connection? What the fuck? Like, why not? <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's interesting too how two siblings can have different stats. Like the two girls, one of them could have True. 30% your shit, 70% Josh's, flippity flop, however. Yeah. I just always thought it was like cut and dry of like 50 50, you know? So to see how that shakes out yeah. and your health stuff and. 
you know, what if I find out I'm allergic to blizzards? By the way, I am still in mourning for the candy cane blizzard. I went on January 1st to go get one. And then I was like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's the candy cane blizzards are the best. Next year, I'm going to get like 15. Do they leave the chunks in there? Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, God, Ginger, it's the fucking best. Mm. Sorry to tell mm. you about it now when you have to wait 11 mm. months, mm. but it is, it's chunks of chocolate and candy cane. Yeah. Oh, God, it's, you know, uh, it's amazing. You know, I have lots of half siblings too. Yeah. That I don't see. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that shit's really bizarre that you can be related to somebody and not, and not know them. Mm hmm. I just think that's weird. I mean, I I have a lot of family members like that and I just think it's weird. And I don't know if it's sad or if it's, if it's just, you still have executive control over who's in your life. And when you have a family and everything, you barely have time for the people who came out of your vagina. Yeah. There are a lot of people in this world that I enjoy thoroughly, that I love, that I think about all the time, but I I just don't have, I'm here, I'm there. I don't have time. (sighs) I struggle with that. To connect. They never feel like I'm doing a good enough job. Boy. I'm excited. I'm now excited for you. I was nervous when you first mentioned it, mm. but now I'm actually getting kind of excited for you. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. Exciting. To be continued. All right. Let's get to it. Let's blend that gremlin. I think you're going to like this one, Ginger. Okay. Um, I hope so. I need... I thought well, about you yesterday... Actually, well, when I got sucked down that Facebook thing of looking at videos and stuff, mm. I got on a video about the children of God. Uh-huh. For like, I know. And I was like, gosh, has Lorraine talked to me about this before? Because if so, I just pushed it right on down. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Tried oh, to could, sweep it away I and forget could about it. I talk about children of God for <laughs> so long, Ginger. Oh, man. And also, Tipster Melissa sent me a link because the Turpin's house is for sale. The house in Paris, California, where they last lived is now for sale. And she suggested that maybe I (laughs) go move in. (laughs) And from that article, so, you know, it's been a while since I've like Googled that and dipped my toe back into that case. And I almost feel like it's, it might be time pretty soon for a Turpin update because the kids are talking, more information's coming out and it's worse than I thought. It was actually, and it's sounding like Louise was more and more of an active participant in what was going on in that house. Yeah. Yeah. So get excited for that. Yay. Turpin time. I mean, good for those kids that they're out and they're moving on and they're living their lives. So this is the story of celebrity dog trainer, Mark Stover, the murder of Mark Stover. So this is a local case, of course, that took place up in Anacortes in 2009. So Mark Stover was Pacific Northwest dog whisperer. His clients included Howard Schultz, Ichiro, Chris Cornell, Chris Novoselic, Cameron Crowe, and Nancy Wilson, the CEO of Costco, Jim Senegal. Jeez. Uh, did I say Eddie Vedder? Yeah, Eddie Vedder. Mark Stover sounds like kind of a real firecracker of a guy, really intense guy, kind of had a rough childhood. His dad died when he was 18 months old. And then shortly after that, one of his sisters passed away. So his family just had a really hard time and he's kind of a rough and tumble kid. Um, and then he got a dog named Gunter and he 
started training that dog for search and rescue and realized like, this is what he wanted to do with his life is train dogs and that he had a real gift for it. So then he becomes this dog trainer and he meets a client named Linda Updike and Linda is tall, blonde, stunning. Um, she's a Olympic junior equestrian. Her father is, uh, the, the owner of, or former owner of K2 Sports and uh, Chateau Saint Michel. Okay, so these are some highfalutin. Well, she, Mark's to do yeah, people. She is, yeah. She hires Mark to help her with some dog training, and at first she didn't. He sounded like he was intense, really uh, direct, and so she wasn't really into him at first. But then, with, a few months later, they started a dog training business together. And then they opened up a dog training facility on an island. Are they in love at this point? Is not yet. Oh, like we're business partners. Business partners. Okay. So then they open this dog training facility on an island owned by her family called Kicket Island. That's kind of right off of Fidalgo Island, so just south of Anacortes. Mm. It's a really cool little island. It's 84 acres. Interestingly, too, am I Googling around? At one point, it was considered for a nuclear power plant site in 1969, there was going to be a $250 million, 1,100 megawatt nuclear power plant built right there. Which seems like a spectacularly bad idea when you look at how close it is to a bunch of other shit. But they didn't do that, thankfully. So they had this really great, just the dogs could swim and run. And it was kind of like a doggy spa. The dogs could get massages and all raw meat diet and... You know, they ran like weight loss clinics for dogs. And then at some point they did fall in love. So after they had been together for about 11 years, they got married. So it seems like they kind of at that point know what they're getting into. But then shortly after that, they were married for a few years. And then it sounds like that intensity that they both had turned on itself and the divorce became crazy, bad, acrimonious. Mark moved his dog training facility to Anacortes and Linda, the employees at the dog training facility said that she basically went on vacation and never came back. So they weren't really clear on what was going on. So Linda moved into her house in Winthrop and Mark moved his dog training facility to Anacortes. And this story is a real, he said, she said, except he's dead. It's, but there's, it is kind of a love triangle. So Mark was not happy about the separation, it sounds like, and he wasn't dealing with it very well. Everybody that knew Mark really liked him and respected him. His clients, one of his employees said he was a father figure to her. I think it might be one of those cases where, yeah, this guy's your friend, training your dog. He's great. If you're married to him, if you're dating him, or if you piss him off, Mm. Not so much because he had a gun collection with over 30 guns. He was really into the outdoors, fishing, hunting, which him and Linda really bonded over because she was real. She's super Northwesty, like very athletic and she could fly fish like a motherfucker. So yeah, this thing turned on it on itself. And uh, Linda says that he was harassing her. He was obsessed with getting their wedding photos back. She has recordings of threatening phone calls that he made to her. And he's saying, I'm not going to give up until I'm dead. I can hold a grudge until I'm dead. Really threatening phone calls. She reacted to this by 
hiring some self-defense consultants, taking self-defense classes, taking shooting classes. She bought 22 guns and had them like all throughout this house in Winthrop. She had magnets installed. So there'd be like drapes and then behind the drapes would be a magnet that a gun could stick to. She had them in her bedroom. She had rifles. She had assault rifles. It was Linda's house. Oh, guns at that point. Yeah. I mean, you want to feel safe, but I'm kind of wondering too, like when your house is that full of guns and they're stashed everywhere, if someone gets into your house, can't they just then kill you with your own gun? So, so he was skulking around in her yard. She has video surveillance footage of that. He was also caught going through her garbage. So what's interesting to me too, is he, he had to drive from Anacortes to Winthrop to go through her garbage. And he did that. Four or five hours. That's intense. Yeah. In the, in the TV shows, because I watched, there's a 48 hours about this. And then there's a dateline about this. The 48 hours is called what the bodyguard, the Arius and the dog trainer. And the dateline is called the man who talked to dogs. They say it's two to three hours. And I'm like, yeah, dream on more like four to five. Well, yeah. Cause well, Anacortes is pretty Anacortes north. Yeah. I mean, that's, you got to go across the pass and all this. Other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Mark goes all the way from Anacortes to Winthrop to go through her garbage because he said that he felt that she was trying to destroy his business. And he claimed that she was emailing and calling clients of the dog training business and trying to besmirch his name and cause hmm. him to lose business. And so after that garbage incident, she did press charges against Mark. He did take an Alfred plea on a stalking thing, which... Part of that agreement is that he has to get rid of all of his guns. And the people that knew and loved Mark said that this was really shitty of her. And this was really her fucking with him because she knew that he loved his guns and he loved to hunt. And so she was taking away this big part of his life. It sounds like at that point, April, 2008, he left her alone from, from that point on. And it sounds like he kind of started to move on. He did start dating another woman named Teresa. They seem to be doing well. They seem to be, very much in love. But Linda said that she continued to fear for her life. So she hired another sort of bodyguard slash self-defense consultant named Michael Oakes. Michael is a little dude. He's five foot six, but he's shredded. Um, and he is, he makes a living. Like he's written over a couple hundred articles for gun magazines and he teaches close quarters self-defense to police and stuff. Michael was married to a woman named Jennifer at that time. They had a blended family of six. So Michael had been a single father of four. He gets hired by Linda and it sounds, there's two sides to the story. To hear Linda tell it, they pretty much immediately fell in love. She refers to their love as legendary, which kind of made Wait, me throw up in my mouth. her and the bodyguard? Her and the bodyguard, oh, just like okay. Whitney Houston and Kevin Costner. Yes, absolutely. So... It got a little confusing for me at this point because so to hear Linda tell it and Michael, they fell in love, you know, it Separate. was magical. He's married to Jennifer still to hear Jennifer tell it. Michael told her that he had been contacted by Wally Updike and basically hired to take Mark out. And, it, and that that was the reason that Jennifer and Michael's marriage unraveled because she was like, this is a contract killing. I, I can't stay married to you if you're going to do this. Weird, huh? Wait, who, who made the contract killing? Who made I, Linda's dad. 
Okay, so he, allegedly, is, allegedly made a contract to with somebody to take hired Michael to hire Michael, the bodyguard of Linda. Yes, to kill Mark. Okay, and Linda's like, oh, it was. Yeah, Linda, Linda's hands are clean in this, and she makes that very clear. She she says she does, didn't know about any of this. The general consensus is that Michael is kind of a patsy. However, she is still raising his two teenage daughters, and they, as far as I know, remain in love. So, Wait, did they have kids together? No. Oh. No. So Linda has no children, but yeah, Michael came into the relationship with four. The youngest was like oh. in grade school and the oldest was, how do we, so he's a father of four, grandfather of one. And he oh. won't let you forget it too. He'll tell you any chance he gets that he's a single father of four. Mark had kind of moved on with his life. He's got Teresa. Summer of 2009, someone calls 911 and says, there's a guy, there's going to be a drug deal. He's armed. His name's Mark Stover. You need to arrest him. It's the 911 call is so clearly Michael Oakes. Like, I don't even know this guy. And right away when they play the 911 call, I'm like, oh, that's Michael. Like, and he's trying to be all like, he's whispering in there. And then the 911 operator's saying, why are you whispering? Are you okay? And he's like, well, it's just a really intense situation. He's so clearly trying to disguise his voice. And he's doing such a poor job watching Michael and Linda talk. It's like, if I didn't know that this was real, I would think it was a very poorly written and poorly acted lifetime drama because the things that these people are saying, it's just come on. Like, how dumb do you think we are here? So that's when Mark starts to get really freaked out. Everybody in Mark's life says he started acting weird and fearful and was saying stuff like, if something happens to me, you know who it was you know, someone's out to get me. I think we all know who it is. And he, he hires a private investigator to find out who was trying to frame him with this drug stuff. And she was pretty sure it was Michael Oakes as well. But meanwhile, Linda is still claiming that she doesn't know anything about this. She's not asking for any of this to be done, which to me sounds like, well, I didn't tell him to do it. I didn't ask him to do it, you know? So Michael Oakes, is someone who really sees himself as a protector and a defender. And he felt that he was put on this earth to rid, rid the earth of evildoers. And you know what I say to that is you don't get to decide <laughs> who's evil. Like, but if he's hot, he's a hired bodyguard, right? Mm-hmm. So then he's taking that, he's assuming that role. Oh my God. He, he was white knight to the max. Like oh. he really, I don't know how much of this too is just from being a little dude, you know, <laughs> um, maybe some compensation. I mean, I could probably kill this dude sitting on him. He probably, he might be able to fling me off, but he's so little. Yeah. So that happens. Mark's freaked out. couple months later on October 29th, 2009, he had a house kind of up on the hill and then down from the hill is all this property with kennels and stuff where they're, where the, he's got employees and they're all doing their dog training and, and running the kennel. And uh, one of the people who worked there lived adjacent. And she said that around six or seven in the morning, she, she heard the dogs freaking out. And she said, this was not normal. It would happen very rarely and it just didn't let up, but she was kind of like, huh, that's weird. And didn't really think much about it. Mark would leave the downstairs door open so that his employees could use his bathroom. And he also, he had a dog named Dingo who was a Belgian Malinois, which 
kind of just anybody that didn't know dogs would just say German Shepherd. So she was a trained protection dog. So everybody was like, well, Mark doesn't really need to lock his doors. He's got Ding, which is everybody called her Ding. One of his employees went to go use the restroom. She saw a little bit of blood on the carport and the door was locked and she thought that was weird. However, Ding had just had surgery. So they thought, okay, well maybe, maybe Ding split her stitches or maybe Ding got a hold of an animal, you know, yeah. something like that. She always thought it was weirder that the door was locked. So she just kind of is like, hmm, makes note of it and goes back to work. Shortly thereafter, his employees notice that his car is parked somewhere that it's usually not parked. And they see a man that they just assume is Mark wearing Mark's trademark hat. He was one of those guys that always wore, not like an Indiana Jones hat, but kind of like a Mountie hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then a certain jacket. And he, he also frequently he had a mustache and he wore aviators a lot. So he had a real look. So they see this man kind of doing some stuff, moving a large bundle out of the house and into the car. And they think it's Ding. They, they're like, oh, you know, something must have gone wrong with Ding's surgery. And he's got to take her to the vet. They then see Mark's white Chevy station wagon go barreling down the driveway, which is something that he never would have done. So they're like, that's weird boy, you know, or maybe Ding is really, maybe he's really freaked out about Ding and he's just running to the vet. But he had clients in Seattle and they said it was unusual for even for him to even be there at 7 a.m. because if he had to go work with clients in Seattle, he'd usually leave by five to beat the traffic. And they've all, they're all just all these employees. It's these three ladies and they're all feeling real hinky. The woman who had tried to use the restroom before goes back up and at that point the door is open. She opens the door, gets hit by an overwhelming smell of bleach. And she notices that there are some wet spots on the carpet with what look to be blood stains that someone's attempted to clean up. So, And Mark's not there. At that point, I think they started trying to get a hold of Mark to call him, and no one can get a hold of Mark. But Mark's gone and Ding's gone and the car's gone, so they just kind of think, okay, something's going on. And then the longer the day goes on and they don't hear from Mark they start getting really freaked out. Meanwhile, two women in the area, (laughs) I love these ladies, Tammy and Sharon, mother and daughter, they're just tooling around and they see two cars parked at a Grange Hall in an area that they're not supposed to be that has like a chain across it. And they decide to call the cops. And so they say, yeah, there's these two cars in this area that are not supposed to be. I see a man transferring a bundle, a very large bundle from one car to the other. So from Mark's white Chevy station wagon into Michael's black Suzuki, (laughs) Tammy, Tammy has hair down past her butt. Her mom is clearly her best friend. She's so rad. And she, she said when she saw it, she was immediately like, Oh, that's a body. She's like, maybe I'm just reading too many really good mystery books. But right away I thought that was a body because it did totally look like a big plastic burrito. I mean, (laughs) You know, so then they call the cops. Michael leaves with his bundle because this Grange Hall was about a half a mile away from Mark's house. So the thought is that basically Michael parked there, walked up to Mark's house, whatever happened, happened. And then he drove Mark's Chevy back down there, transferred the body into his car, drove, went and did some stuff. And then... And then at some point he did come back and he got Mark's car and took it to a local casino parking lot. And there's CCTV footage 
of a lot of these things happening. So you can't tell that it's Michael on the casino footage, but you can see the car coming in. And so a deputy pulls Michael over because of the phone call that these ladies made. He tells him just to stay out of areas he's not supposed to be in. He lets him go on his way. He makes note that he's got a car full of shit. So Michael takes off and he meets up for some reason with Jennifer Thompson, his ex-wife. And he tells her, I fucked up. I'm, I think I'm about to be in some really bad trouble. And Jennifer's just like, what the fuck is going on? And I love Jennifer because the whole time she's told the cops everything. Everything that he told her, she just took right to the cops. But because I think they may have technically still been married at the time that he was telling her some of this stuff, they couldn't use it in court. And I think he even says, I've got something in my car. And Jennifer's, she's crying on the show. She's like, and, and now I know at that point it was Mark Stover's body. So then he goes back to Winthrop, back to Linda. By the time he gets to Winthrop, the body is not in his car anymore. The cops pretty quickly put everything together. They show up in Winthrop, not too far behind Michael. And they go to the house and they're like, you know, Michael, you, you need to come with us. And he's like, okay, um, I just have some medications I need to get really quick. And the cop's like, oh, I guess he's got some medical conditions. He needs to take his medication. Sounds like a reasonable request. And then the cop is standing on the deck of the house. And he sees Michael come out right below him and huck a plastic-wrapped package over an embankment. Then Michael comes back in the house. He's like, okay, I'm ready to go. And the cop's like, well, what'd you just throw? And he's like, just some garbage. And the cop's like, oh, okay. Goes down, gets this garbage. It's the murder weapon. I mean. Yay, yay, yay. So Michael tells a story that Mark had been harassing him for months and threatening his family. He claims that Mark ran up on him at a Costco parking lot, described what his daughters had worn to school that day, and basically that Mark said, you're going to help me out or I'm going to kill your kids. You know what Mark wanted? That he was threatening the lives of, of Michael Oakes' children over? Wedding photos. <laughs> what? Right? That's cause for murder, right? Yeah. And to Michael's credit, Mark had left threatening messages about these wedding photos before. He did. He was legit obsessed with these wedding photos and getting them back. But I don't think that's grounds for murdering someone's family or threatening to murder someone's family. Everyone in Mark's life said that he never mentioned meeting Michael, that he never mentioned knowing Michael. Michael claims that they had multiple meetings about these wedding photos. This all just rings so false because it's like, why are you having all these meetings about these wedding photos? Just hand them over or don't. Why is the boyfriend of your ex-wife going to meet you to like chat about these wedding photos. Michael apparently felt so in fear for his life every time he'd go meet with Mark that he was wearing a Kevlar vest and was always like armed to the teeth, guns, guns, guns. So he claimed, Michael claims that he left Winthrop at 2.30 AM on the morning of October 28th to go meet up with Mark to have another wedding photo chit chat. So because he was meeting with big, scary Mark, he had to, have all of his shit on. And he had to stop at a Walmart on the way at about five in the morning. Um, and here's his shopping list. Not murdery at all. <laughs> a backpack, shin guards. Those were a gift for Jennifer's kids. Or they'd be real great at defending yourself from a bitey guard dog. 
Just saying. Anchor line, so rope. Ankle weights. Maybe you got to work on your quads. Camo sweatsuit. What do you think about that, Ginger? <laughs> about that shopping list. Yeah, stop. You know, you're going to meet I've up and talk about some about, wedding photos. I've always thought about employees that, you know, are working at five in the morning. <laughs> and you and see what someone they, buying a murder kit. <laughs> oh, you got a tarp. You got some duct tape. You got a couple knives. It's Looks the like murder you're starter have a kit. <laughs> oh, my God. Michael claims that okay. he went to meet with Mark that Mark shot first, that he then wrestled with Mark, got the, and in the wrestling with Mark, got the gun away from him, and that basically Mark shot himself. Um, what he says about it is that he went to a gunfight and he won. And his Kevlar vest did have a bullet lodged in it, but the, it was from close range straight on, like right here, as if you were oh, pointing a gun at yourself, maybe, allegedly. Mm. What's interesting, too, is that he says that Mark shot him, just basically came out of the house shooting. So he claims that Mark lured him there to kill him over jealousy, even though Mark's got a new girlfriend that he's super happy with. Uh, But, you know, those wedding photos are still floating around out there. So he claims that Mark shot him, wrestled the gun away, killed Mark, dragged Mark into the house, wrapped him up, cleaned up the scene, put on Mark's hat and jacket. He just magically thought to do that. Uh, he said that Ding attacked him afterwards too. So he had to shoot Ding and that he didn't call the police and that he disposed of the body because he thought that the police were in cahoots with Mark so that they, they wouldn't be any good. So what do you think about this? (laughs) Right. So, um, isn't this a little Michael shady? Just a tad. Did he like, was he obsessive personality? Yes. Probably because his his whole mindset is that he's got to protect yeah. his girl. And Jennifer said that he almost had like a split personality that mm. he could be very sweet and kind of loving, but then yeah, kicked into defense mode. Mm. Okay. Um, the evidence tells a story of basically Michael showing up, there being a struggle. They used luminol. They found blood all over the inside of the house. And then he put Mark's hat and jacket on so that he could leave in front of the employees without being caught, which, yeah, it's a little less shady. The other thing too was, you know, Mark didn't have any guns. He had been court ordered not to own any more guns. So, and then, and then funny thing, uh, a employee of a hardware store testified that he sold Michael the gun, the 22 that was used to kill Mark. So the trial happens pretty much as soon as this all starts. Wally and Linda lawyered up hard, like to the point that the cops were like, we haven't even contacted you yet. Their lawyers called the cops and were like, yeah, just in case you were going to call us, in case you were going to call the updikes, they got lawyers just so you know. And the cops are like, okay, Michael hires John Henry Brown, who you may know from such hits as defending Ted Bundy. Uh, he defended Colton Harris Moore, the barefoot bandit, Benjamin Ng from the Wami massacre, Martin Pang, who set his family's property on fire and fled Brazil and Robert Bales, uh, from the infamous Kandahar massacre. Whoa. John Henry Brown is another like TV lawyer caricature. He wears these wacky suits. (sighs) He's a real, he's, he's really something. So 
Not too surprisingly, after three days of deliberation, a jury convicts Michael Oakes. He's sentenced to the maximum of 26 and a half years in jail. His teenage daughters freak the fuck out and are screaming and crying, which is pretty awful to watch. And Mark Stover's body has never been found. Michael Oakes told the cops where he supposedly put it. They went to search the area. They dragged multiple bodies of water. They've never found the body. And it might be because Mark Stover's body would tell a very different story than Michael Oakes has been telling. Like what? Bullet wounds of different trajectories in different parts of the body. You know, yeah, I think it's pretty heartbreaking for um, Mark Stover's family to not have a body to bury. Yeah. And I think it's pretty awful that Michael Oakes might know where that body is and he's not telling the family. Also, interestingly, a lot of the people that talk in the 48 hours, Mark's sister and niece talk a lot about him and the situation. And even though Mark was with Linda for, I think, 16 years total, they never met her. Oh, that was a little weird. Oh, right. That is weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. there we are. And, and Michael Oakes, by the way, has run out of appeals. So he's in jail. And where he needs to be. And Linda is currently, as far as I could tell, still living in in Winthrop. She's raising Michael's two teenage daughters. I'm not sure where its younger son is. And Linda's now a private investigator. How about that? Oh, okay. Huh. Do what you love. (laughs) Do what you know. (laughs) Maybe she can find Mark's body. (laughs) Yeah, maybe she should start looking for her ex-husband's body. Yeah, she could investigate that. And again, allegedly, allegedly, everything is alleged because these people are still very much alive. And, and I, I mean, I kind of heard through the whisper net, like, you know, people, I know people that know people who ha- use Mark Stover as, as a dog trainer who said that he was great. And he was beloved. And wow. you know what? Like, maybe he was a hothead. Maybe he was an asshole. Maybe he was a shitty ex-husband. That doesn't mean you deserve to die. That doesn't mean someone gets to decide to take you out. So basically the thinking is that Michael Oakes wanted to be that knight. He wanted to slay the dragon for the princess. Yeah. We'll never know how much Linda is or was involved, but I think that was basically his motive. Yeah. What do you think? I think that that's, that's what I would say. Yeah. Knight in shining armor. Protecting his lady love. Oh, legendary love. Love of legends. Yes, tale as old as time. Beauty and the tiny little self-defense expert. I'm just happy that none of these things will ever happen to me. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) You'll never train your dog. Ever. And on that note, you've got to go get Sweet Baby Jay. So that's the end of the story. Right. The end of our convo. Thanks, Lorraine. Let that rattle around in your cabeza for a while. It's just, it is interesting to me because I think what you see from people, what you see from them as a coworker, as a friend, as a dog trainer can be very different from how they are in their personal lives and in Mm -hmm. their personal relationships. And Another great example of that is that guy whose name I'm spacing on that murdered his pregnant wife and two small daughters recently that was caught. And yeah, no one in his life had any idea that he would ever do anything like that. But he did. Yeah. Happens all the time. It was like a Scott Peterson situation. Mm -hmm. So Mm. you never know. That's one of the things I've learned too from 25 years of doing hair. You never know what's going on behind closed doors. You never know what someone's marriage is like. You never know what they're really like, Ginger. 
Really? Maybe they're eating chicken off the floor. 